Okay, everybody, we decided to take this week off, so here's one of our classic episodes. Hope you enjoy. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the All Too Real 2 podcast. I'm your host, Michael E. Cullen II, and with me, as always, is my lovely and beautiful co-host, Matthew Haas. Thank you. That's a very nice compliment. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) So, um, we're going to continue down the mountain of... uh, of, um, wonderful films that were direct-to-video sequels. This one, however, is a direct-to-video sequel to a film most people probably have never seen. The The original is also a direct-to-video. So. Yes. So, um, Matt brought this one to my attention. <laughs> um, years ago, he and I watched this movie called The Buttercream Gang, which came out in 1992 from, uh, Feature Films for Families or something like that. It's yeah. a, yeah, it's a, uh, religious-based film company. And so, in this movie, the Buttercream Gang returns in... Here's the title. The Buttercream Gang in Secret of Treasure Mountain. Yeah. Okay. Not, Not the. No, there's no the in there at all, except for at the very beginning. The Buttercream Gang. Yeah, that that the the the, but not the, the secret of yeah. the Treasure Mountain. I don't know. Anyways, um, so basically, here is the description on um, FamilyDVDOnline.com, the official website that where you can purchase this film, which is actually currently out of stock, though. <laughs> it's out of stock. I'm going to repeat that again. This movie is out of stock. Okay. But um, for for all of our fans out there, if you have just started listening to this and you have not yet seen the Buttercream Gang in Secret of Treasure Mountain, <laughs> you can watch it for free on currently on YouTube. And I'm, also the first one. And the first one as well. So you might want to catch up on those before you listen to this. I'm hoping they're still there. Who knows when you listen to this. If you're listening to this in the future, they might not be there anymore. Because YouTube sucks sometimes. Yeah. But so far, they've allowed it to stay up there, so yeah. we'll see. And um, But this is the description on the, on the official website. Eldon Flowers wants to be a hero. When he discovers part of an ancient Spanish treasure map, his imagination runs wild. Not only could he be rich, he could also help an elderly man who is about to lose his home. In his search for treasure, he discovers much more than gold and begins to understand what being a hero really means. 
Okay, so that's, that's the... Uh, that's a very churched-up um, description of what happened. watched. Yes. <laughs> um, I discovered another website, too. If you're familiar with the Internet Movie Database, you may want to look into this new website I discovered. It's called ChristianFilmDatabase.com. And they've got reviews of this film and other things and all the uh, information that you would find on the Internet Movie Database, but all Christianized. Is that a word? Christianized, yeah. I think yes, so. okay. Anyways, um, so this movie, um, it stars the wonderful actor Brandon Blazer, who has an awesome name, uh-huh. as Eldon Flowers, which is not an awesome name. No. Um, he was in the first movie. Uh, you know, which everybody knows because everybody's seen the Buttercream Gang. Yeah, it's you know, quite possibly the the Buttercream Gang of movies. Oh wait, yeah, wait, yeah. <laughs> the Buttercream Gang is the Buttercream Gang of movies. Okay. Yes, much like um, I don't know, much like how Abed called Britta a uh, a flavor kind of flavor. Yes, <laughs> and community. Okay, so um, oh. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to? Yeah, just like kind of walk, walk, walk us through this okay. movie here, Matthew, while I, uh, while I, um, I don't <sighs> know, go cry. Okay, so excuse me, I'm gonna need to clear my throat for this one because this one was, I've got a lot to say, even though I'm kind of speechless. So, <clears throat> yeah, we just watched this too right before we started recording. Um, normally we watch it the night before or something, but this time we actually watched it together. So this was we, fun. We both kept putting it off because we knew it was going to be terrible. So yes. what happens is is that it starts off with some cheesy harmonica, acoustic guitar kind of music, and then it goes into, I think, like the year 1562 or something like that when the conquistadors were taking over this part of America. And um, there was like an exhibition, uh I guess that maybe the king of Spain had commissioned or something like that. And uh, the one guy's got a, found a treasure and they, they made a map for the treasure and uh, he decided to cut it into three different parts and to store one somewhere, then keep one to himself. And then the third part, I don't even remember what happened to the third and, one. But but don't forget before they, uh, before they did that, they encountered a uh, Native American. Oh yeah, they encountered the native because yeah, the natives were fighting back, you know. Obviously. Yes, and, and uh, it was played by the wonderful Don Shanks, who is known for playing Native Americans in a lot of movies, including Dumb and Dumber. And mm-hmm. um, he did stunts for High School Musical three. But the most important thing that he ever uh, he ever did was he played Michael Myers in Halloween five, The <laughs> Revenge of Michael Myers. I just wanted to point that out. That's all. Okay, and it's this is guy who has no lines. And you could barely even see his face except for like one scene. And um, so there, the one guy probably the most pr- prolific actor in the film. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, even though he only had that one scene, but uh, one of the guys is gonna shoot him, and then they say don't do it because they'll have a war basically against the entire tribe or nation. Yeah. So um, they let him go because of that. They you know they only have like three guys left from their entire whatever squadron whatever you call it and uh and that's when they go into the cave and there's this this guy in the cave who's like a monk i guess and he's like he's like the really like religious one that like believes in the you know their mission type thing and like the the one guy is like in it for the greed for the treasure so it becomes this whole classic battle of like 
what is the definition of a treasure? You know, is a treasure really about gold or is the treasure about what's inside your heart? It's like, mm, by definition, treasure is gold. So, you know, you can, you can, you know, metaphoricalize, it's not even a word, but you can metaphoricalize anything you want. Treasure is gold, you know, in the story. And so, yes. So they, the guy cuts the map into three parts and then he, he makes his, his goons take a vow that, that their descendants will always serve his descendants, which, you know, apparently has been going on for 400 years without any break ever happening. And by the way, their, um, their Spanish is absolutely horrendous. And at one point in the scene, the kid who plays Elden <clears throat> speaks better Spanish than the people who are supposed to be Spanish. Well, well, the, the the fact that, I mean, I'm not seeing what, I don't know what their background is, the actors that played these, uh, you know, these Spanish guys. Mm. Um, I will tell you that the guy who played the main, I don't know, bad guy, also the, the he, he they because that's the thing, they play two parts. Mm. So they play the ones in the 1500s and the current day ancestors of these people. And um, the guy that played Dr. Thomas Almodovar. Almodovar. Yeah, you can tell I can speak Spanish well, too. Anyways, um, yeah, it's played by a guy named Rick Macy, which is the most Spanish-sounding yeah, name I've is. ever heard in my life. Pretty sure Macy's like a right. like an Irish name or something. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I think of the store, Macy's Parade. So yeah, I, I think of that or William H. Macy. I don't know. Oh, there you go. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. And he he's done a lot of movies though, actually. So he's, I mean, he seems familiar. I think I've seen I've seen him, him in other things. Um, I mean, he's he's he was still acting as of last year. Hmm. So he was nothing like that jumps out of me out at me like a bunch of like mainly like direct to video movies and stuff like that. And you know, he was on the TV series Everwood in an episode. He was I don't know. I don't know. The last thing he did was a movie last year called An Hour Behind. But, um, so anyways, back to, uh, the story here, Matthew. Okay, well, it, it then, like, jump cuts really badly, by the way, into the present, almost, like, jarring. But again, we're talking about people that I don't think you're doing anything intentionally in this movie, so anything that might seem cool is probably an accident, so... Just, uh... Just to clarify, that is not a jump cut. Oh, it's not a jump cut. A jump cut would be where you're in the same shot and you just jump forward, like into that scene. Into like, oh, like I see like, like you're in the same shot and like somebody's standing one and way. And they, okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just saying for our film fans out there. So what, what would it be called then when it jumps right into? That's just, that's just a transition. Okay. Oh, very. It's harsh. a horrible, tra- it harsh, a very, harsh transition. Yeah, very harsh transition because. Immediately, Eldon is screaming as he's on like uh, one of those um, tires in the water because there's like a uh, jet skis or whatever. Or yeah, boat. but it cuts from like the uh, the the Native American. Oh, that's they right. They randomly cut to and he he starts doing his uh, generic Native American uh, rambling, um, oh, okay. yelling, and then that that yelling turns into Eldon yelling. Okay, yeah, that's right because he has scratch on his face, and then okay, so was that it Eldon or was it one of the other? No, guys? I think it was Eldon. I don't know who cares, but uh, yeah. it was one of them and. They're like doing the whole tire, you know, water tire thing with like a boat, speedboat or whatever, and the lake because they're like having some, you know, trip to this, um, you know, whatever mountain area or whatever. And, uh, and 
Alden is already exhibiting uh, signs of jealousy against his best friend Scott, or because they're the Buttercream Gang's supposed to be about doing good deeds for people. That's why they're a gang. I mean, they don't do anything violent. They pretty much just do good deeds for people. They raise money or they mow cut grass for people that can't cut grass, and you know things like you'll, you'll stuff you'll learn in the first movie if you watch that one, and. And in the first movie, which we highly recommend, we highly recommend. I do, hi, yeah, we do highly recommend you watching the full movies, preferably all at the same, one after the other, just to get it over with. But um, kind of like you know, getting the shot or you know, flu shot or whatever, just kind of just do it, get it over yeah. with it. And um, in the first movie, Scott has to save their best friend Pete from the brink of self destruction because he. He was he was the leader of the Buttercream Gang or the founder, and then he had to move to Chicago to live with his aunt to sort of take care of, you know, her kids. I guess because I guess her husband died or something like that, and she couldn't look after all the kids at the same time. So they just sent her nephew to live there. I don't know. And then, uh, and then he joined one of the biggest baddest gangs of Chicago shortly thereafter got into all kinds of mean, crazy things. And you could tell that he was a badass because when he got back home, one of the first things he did was steal a Pop-Tart from the apartment store. That's, you know, what I think of, like, really bad game for Chicago. I'm thinking Pop-Tart stealers, you know. You know, I mean, that that's what's always... uh you know, leading the headlines and, you know, I've, I've watched, you know, WGN news and stuff mm. every day. They're like, in this just in, there's another, uh, pop tart, uh, you know, uh, robbery going on right now. As we speak, somebody stole strawberry frost. Yeah. Pop-tarts. I think it was actually strawberry too in the yes. movie. That's messed up. Ooh, I didn't even know. Yeah. That. I think it was. That's just my favorite flavor. Yeah. So <laughs> mine too. Mine too. Frosted too. Not none of this bullshit of not frosted. Come yeah, on. Why would you get? It's uh, like why would you get a pop tart? It's like not we, we already know that we're eating something unhealthy. Having it unfrosted. Oh no, no, like... no. It, it it's part of a balanced breakfast. Oh yeah. Pop tarts, you know, are are are, are great. You know, mm-hmm. Kellogg's. You know, when you when you know Kellogg's pop tarts, yeah. they're 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 amazing. Yeah. And you know, I mean, they're so amazing that. If they would love to sponsor yeah. this, you know, podcast, they're more than welcome to. I mean, my personal email is uh, Mike at CullenPark dot com. If you would like to, you know, find out more information about that and find out what my favorite pop tart is, you know, I, I already told you though, but if yeah. you remember, send me that yeah. email. Yes, I'm gonna get a lot of emails. That was a good. That was a good. Uh, yeah, that was a good. Uh, I like that. That was really professional. Yes, pop tarts. Pop tarts, really good. So I like strawberry frosted at. Uh, that's probably my favorite. Also, um, uh, the s'mores, frosted as well, and the chocolate frosted. Oh, yeah, those. Oh my god, I'm getting hungry for pop tarts. I think I I'm going to go buy a pop tart later, or a I'm pack like, of pop tarts. I don't think I have any pop tarts in my cupboard. I normally well, that's do. Sad. Yeah, we we should both stock up on pop tarts because they're so lovely, and Kellogg's is such a great company. Yes, I love pop tarts. Okay, if you would like to sponsor <laughs> us, pop tarts, please right. feel free to contact us. All right, sorry to bother you with that, all that. So, um, in the first movie, yeah, he you know he exhibits his gangster ways by stealing a pack of pop tarts at a store that he used to work at. By the way, when he worked at the store, I don't think he ever got paid. So technically, he's just taking what was due to him in wages. But whatever. So, um, 
So technically, if anything, the store owner was stealing from him for years. But okay, yeah. yeah. So if anything, he's actually not a thief. Was at this all. Mr. Graff? Or yeah, I think oh, it was okay. yeah. Mr. Graff with the beard. Now, now he doesn't have a beard, and he looks really weird. Part two. But anyway, so uh, Pete is. He, you know, he, he's he's basically having this bad time where he's he's becoming the bad guy, and Scott mainly, throughout the first film, has to save his soul. Basically, the the other kids were involved, but he was mainly the hero. So that that jumps right into part two, where Eldon is seeing Scott continue to be the hero, and he wants to finally feel like a hero for a change. And then and, Scott, and, and yet the 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 we never find out what happened to this pop tart stealing kid. yeah pete yeah <laughs> pete got saved and he went on to live a good life and he even went on to be an advocate for um to take the you know remove kids from joining gangs and all this kind of stuff and then he's just dropped off the face maybe he's just to get against gangs in general including the buttercream yeah gang maybe now. that's what it is yeah. like, he does no gains not even not even good ones okay so um you know, like he, you know, he apparently he's even against like the Black Panthers free breakfast program. It's like, nope, no breakfast for kids. You know, everything's bad. But uh, and the Black Panthers weren't a game. But anyway, I'm going off topic here. But um, so uh, <laughs> uh, so Scott's the hero again, and Eldon is, you know, he's clearly showing signs that he doesn't like this. I mean, at one point when he thinks that he found some treasure, it turns out that it was just a bottle cap to a bottle of beer that was in Spanish. By the way, when they when they think it's a beer bottle beer cap, all the kids shout in unison, a beer cap? Like that's some really weird thing, which leads me to believe they're part of a Christian cult that doesn't believe in drinking beer. Well, I don't of drink, course they are. I don't drink, but whatever. It's just a weird kind of reaction to have about about that. Oh yeah. And um so Scott finds an even greater treasure and everyone's jumping up in joy for that. And then Eldon just walks away, literally just walks away from the scene. And then Scott's girlfriend, I think it's his girlfriend, I don't know, I, whatever. And uh, it's implied that she is. And she says something really weird to Eldon when he's saying that he wants to be a hero for a change. And mind you, Scott, her boyfriend, is the one that's always visibly the hero. She tells Eldon the real hero is the person that does things and nobody knows that they do them. So ipso facto, she's saying that her own boyfriend is not a hero. Uh, I mean, that's the only logical I mean, way part, to... Part, part of me like, wants to think that in the future, Eldon and, uh, and and her end up together. But we never know because they because, didn't make any... Yeah. No. This isn't one of the movies that ends in a kiss. No. No. Well, it... It doesn't end the kiss, but there is a kiss in there that's very creepy. But anyway, yeah, um, we'll get to that. We'll get later. to that in a little bit, uh, uh, because apparently people just don't know the boundaries. But okay, so uh, uh, so this scene happens, and he's sulking, and then they find he's trying to climb up this um, not really a mountain, but it's like a I don't know what you call it, some kind of that, no, yeah, a mountain out of molehill. <laughs> he's climbing up some steep structure and then he almost falls off and he ends up holding on to something some stick and then that turns out to be the container of part of the map yeah somehow just sitting there the it was time. just sitting in the side of a the whole time mountain. for 400 years yes no one found it but him okay mm -hmm. and uh 
And so they're like, Believable. What, what's Believable. this here? And they opened up, oh, my God, it's a map, blah, 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 blah. You know, might, might be to a treasure. So so then that starts his whole, you know, treasure hunt that he's going to save Mr. Graff's house from being sold. By the way, so that that brings us to the whole kiss thing. So, like, this, like, really, like, smarmy capitalist dude who, like, writes wrote this book about how to be a millionaire overnight with no money down in real estate. I think that was the entire title of the book. And for forty nine ninety five in nineteen ninety three. Okay. Yeah. What, 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 Why do you do an inflation? You want to do an inflation? Yeah, I'll check on that. Yeah, okay. I mean, let, let's talk about that for a minute. But continue about that seed. Yeah, and Mike's gonna look up the inflation rate from that. By the way, the book was only about maybe two hundred pages at most. That's what it looked like. Okay, so, so this guy and his wife uh, come in their car. They're supposed to be from the city, and. I guess they were trying to show how rich they are. The car didn't even seem like it was really that great of a car, but whatever. And um, I think there was a very low budget for this film. We'll talk about some other reasons why we think that later on. But um, she's, like, really weird. Like, I don't know what's wrong with her. Like, she's, like, really talkative, but all she says is, like, the word cute. And she's, like, really, really, really emotional about this house for some reason. And he, of course, is just wants to make money out of it. But anyway, so then she gets to the kids, and she's like... Oh, aren't you cute? Aren't you cute? Aren't you cute? And then, like, as soon as she gets to to Eldon, she's like, "Oh, hey, big boy!" And then she just plants a kiss on his cheek, and it's like it was very forceful. And it's like, mm. and they're all like, "Oh my God, I can't believe she kissed you!" It's like this is creepy. This is like a forty-year-old woman that just planted like a really strong, wet kiss on like a thirteen-year-old kid's mouth after calling him big boy. Really yeah, I'm pretty creepy. sure that's sexual harassment. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, regardless of what hormones might be surging through a boy's body at that time, that it, it's weird. It, it's yeah. so this movie was made in 1993. Yeah. Um, 49.95 in uh, 2017 money because that's the closest I can get. Okay, is 86.02. Okay, so so it's almost twice as much. Not quite, but you know, meanwhile, like, you know, a little bit. <laughs> a book. That would cost eighty six dollars in today's cash. That at most is maybe two hundred dollars, and it's supposed to tell you pages. Yeah. Two, sorry, two hundred yeah. pages, and it's supposed to tell you everything you need to know to become a millionaire overnight through re, re um at retail um um real estate overnight. Two hundred pages. That's what you need to know. So, um, well, it's like the art of the deal, you know, the Trump Donald Trump book. Yeah. Which uh, you can now currently get for a dollar ninety nine on barnesandnoble.com. Ugh. and um, <laughs> I just had to look that up. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So I'll try to speed this up a little bit. Yeah. For you. So uh, that gives him the idea that he's gonna try to find his treasure to save, you know, Mister Graff's house from being sold, and. You know, the theory is is that it's a lot of gold, so it's going to be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more, in today's value. And then lo and behold, when they go to visit their guidance counselor, who knows what he is, um, he's a science teacher at school, and then this Spanish guy... He's one of their uncle. I mean, they, call, they call them uncle oh, whatever okay. at one point. So it's some, I, th- I think it's Eldon's uncle, actually. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, in in the credits, he's he's credited as Uncle Will Duncan. Okay. 
So I don't know who Duncan, whose last name is Duncan, but it, I mean, then again, you know, none of my uncles have the same last name as my, right. so, it, you know, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the Spanish guy shows up and played by the same actor that played the first guy, and then his goons are also played by the same actors, and they are the descendants of the people that, you know, swore an oath to serve his family until he finds the treasure. Yeah, and I just want to point out the one there, there's one chubbier guy of those two mm-hmm. who's eating all the time. Yeah, every single fucking scene he's eating. Something. And the name of the characters, and I'm I'm thinking that the the current character that he plays because his name is he plays a character named Romero, which I'm assuming is the older the character that he played in the beginning of the movie. But his current character's name, want to guess what it is? Uh, I don't know. In the credits, it's Mugfat. Mugfat. M U G F A T. Mugfat. Okay. Yeah, and 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 his and his buddy goes by Maggot. What in the living hell? Mugfat and Maggot. Wow. And when they were, in 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 the funny thing I the thing I find really funny is, in the past their characters' names were Romero and Caesar. Mm-hmm. Caesar Romero is the actor known to, for playing the Joker in the '60s Batman series. I don't know if that's a coincidence wow. or if that was on purpose, but we'll see. Okay. It, it, like anything in this movie is probably accidental. Um, yeah, because I, I, you know, I'm kind of jumping around here, but you want to talk about the the whole clothing issue? Okay, th- throughout <laughs> throughout this movie, we see people wearing different clothing with like sports teams on it. Like this one kid throughout the movie. I mean, I. This this takes place in Elkridge, and I'm assuming this is somewhere out west, because I mean with the with the mountain landscape and things of that. I mean, I'm thinking like Arizona, Utah, California, somewhere out that way. You know, they don't really say. I don't know where Elkridge is. I've never heard of Elkridge. I mean, it could be a fictional town. It could be a real town. I don't know. But anyways, they uh, the one kid's wearing a like Baltimore Orioles hat throughout the movie, um, and. and uh, then like people are wearing and, and then that same kid later is wearing a Notre Dame a University of Notre Dame sweater or sweatshirt or whatever you want to call it and uh the uh also you know at one point uh this priest in there is wearing a Yankees cap um another uh another character at one point is wearing a Los Angeles Dodgers hat I think it's Mugfat who's wearing that at one point yeah and uh and there's at this one point where they're going off to look for the treasure, and this is completely coincidental, I'm sure. But it was interesting that uh, what's the what's the main kid from the first movie's name? Um, Scott. Scott. Yeah, the, Scott is wearing a San Francisco 49ers hat, which is funny because you know the 49ers were the people that uh-huh. went out there for the gold rush in 1849 or whatever. And yeah, so <laughs> I just. Wonder if that was on purpose or coincidental, much like the uh, Cesar Romero thing. Um, I don't know. I, I'm assuming everything in this movie was just accidental. It is. Sometimes you get lucky. I mean, that's what happens. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. So I mean, let I don't know. So so what else happened in the plot here? Uh, let's see if I can remember. So. Um... Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Back, towards the beginning of the movie too, there's a character that disappeared. Did we do we talk about him at all? Oh yeah, the you you called the mustache. Oh yeah, okay. There, there's a guy when 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 they're when they're uh when they're first you know when they first find the treasure map and stuff like that. 
this guy who's got like a porn mustache and everything, and he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and a baseball cap and everything. You know, it's 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 like a store bought Magnum PI. Basically, yeah. I was hoping, I was really hoping that he would be more important. Yeah, in the story. Me too. But he just disappears. He just disappears. He's there for like the beginning of the whole treasure <laughs> thing. Like he he was there when they found the map. There, and then all of a sudden he's just gone. So I can only assume that maybe the Spanish guy killed him or something like that. I don't know. Uh, he, he appeared later at, at the end of the movie. I see him in one shot. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he must have been shooting pornos. At the, you know, he had to leave for a while. Or or he had to go off to, I don't know, be Tom Selleck's stunt double. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they, I, I'm trying to remember the whole plot. So they, he finds this monastery Somehow, I'm now I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff. He finds it's mon- okay. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter. He he, <laughs> uh, Pete, not Pete. Sorry, El- Elton, Elton finds this monastery where he thinks that he's gonna find more information on the treasure, and he meets this monk who is like really really nice to all the kids. I mean, he's like make like chopping bread for them, giving them jam, milk, all kinds of food, soup. And he's all all the while he's basically dispensing all this like Christian monastic wisdom that goes completely over their fucking heads because they're idiot kids, and you know talking about the treasure being within your hearts and well you know what what you know good intentions mean and all this kind of stuff and he's like oh I'm just not gonna give up I'm gonna find that treasure <laughs> fucking moron and uh so uh you know they they leave his home completely missing the point of everything he told them and taking everything literally which of course this is a often a community that t- tends to take things very straightforward like look to the light it doesn't mean anything like look to the light of your knowledge no no an actual light anyway so um well you have that later if i even remember what happens and then yeah. just as they're about to leave uh they go well they go into a different room i think because they're trying to look for something else and then the the, the Spanish guy's goons, you know, break in there. Somehow they're both wearing um, monastic robes. Not sure how they got access to them, but they're wearing them. And, oh, yeah. of course, the guy, well, I think magically at this time he wasn't eating food, but he was about to because the guy offered them crumpets. Would you care for a crumpet? And the when, guy, I, when, when I think monasteries, I think crumpets. I mean, that's what I think, too. But interestingly enough, so this guy's supposed to be like the fat guy who just likes to eat type of thing, whatever. And so, oh, yeah, and by the, the way, we, we might as well give credit where credit is due. The actor's name is Frank Garish. Okay, Frank Garish. And throughout the movie, he's usually eating like junk food, like Twinkie or whatever. But in this scene, I guess he's hungering for fruit because instead of taking the crumpet, he goes grabs a piece of fruit, which is kind of weird because. Usually, if you're trying to drive home the point, you're like, oh, you get this guy's a sloth and he eats all the time. You usually are assuming junk food, not actually healthy food. But then again, since this is feature films for families, they're probably trying to push home the point of eating healthy. And and I'm looking it up. Frank Garish has appeared in over 100 feature films and documentaries and television series. He's got 138 credits on IMDb. Wow. Yeah. And this is one of them, unfortunately. Yes, and uh, so, <laughs> so um, so they they tie. He's actually even been in Superstore. What? Yeah, he he, he was in a episode. He played a customer in a, in an episode called Aftermath, which uh was in two thousand eighteen. That's freaking 
fucking awesome. Yeah, I just noticed that. We have the podcast super stories. Yeah, we can actually tie us in. Yeah, when we get to that episode, which will probably be quite a while away, but still, yeah, yeah, when we do that, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So, um, they they tied them up in this very cartoonish way. It's just like a piece of string tied to all three people, and like their hands are tied like extremely loose. And they still can't seem to untie themselves without the rest of the kids finding the monastery and coming to save them. By the way, apparently the bad guy decided to leave the door unlocked so anyone could just walk in afterwards. So that's always clever, I guess. And um, they found their way in and they untied them in this fairly easily untieable situation. And and then you know now his the you know now is the time to do the real search. I know I missed like a million. Po- points whatever and then like i said uh, again it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and uh <laughs> so he eldon is gonna go alone he thinks to find the treasure but then his friends show up at the last minute to help him of course and then they find this you know they find the you know treasure chest but then there's nothing in it and then the guy shows up and he opens the thing he gets all pissed off and starts throwing things around because there's nothing in the treasure chest so then He's about to hit the kid. So now we got so now we got child abuse in two forms in this movie. We got sexual child abuse from the woman planting kiss calling the kid big boy. And now we got this guy about to hit a child. And then the the guy who eats food all the time holds his arm, doesn't let him punch the kid, and then says that their their family's debt is now paid to him because he found the, the treasure, so they don't need to serve his family anymore. What made them think they had to in the first place is beyond it's me. It's beyond me. It really is. I mean, I can understand, like, the first few generations, but after 400 years, I mean, it just seems a little I mean, bit... I, I don't... I mean, I mean, guess they have a better family history. I mean, I don't even know beyond two generations the name of any of... I mean, I don't know the name of my great-great-grandfather. You right. know, I know the name of my great-grandfather, but beyond that, I don't know. I'm at a loss, too. I mean, <laughs> I, I've heard so many stories from people, you know, saying that they came from this part of the country and another person says they came from the the complete opposite side of the country so it's kind of a you know whatever yeah and uh kind of a, a you know a wide gap of if you like oh yeah they came from here but, oh no they came like five thousand miles away okay and so um you know the guy leaves in the huff and then his you know his goons are like you know that's their good deed or whatever because you know he they saved you know the kid or whatever and he's like no hard feelings. He's like, yeah, no hard feelings. It's like, how is no hard feelings? They broke like numerous state and federal laws. They broke into a high school right there. That should get them in trouble, like, jail time at least. Oh yeah. Um, they tried to steal something from said high school. Then they were chasing the kids that caught them and threatening to hurt them. So now, we, so now we got again child abuse again. They should have been in jail. But the thing is, point. I think these kids deserve it because you know, there's the one point where. Uh, they're hiding, dressed up like the American Gothic painting. That, that's the, another scene oh in, in the background. At uh, so... they're, they're at Mr. Graff's house helping him paint, and uh, they're just standing there in the background, like wide open. They're literally... ra- randomly for no fucking reason whatsoever, <laughs> dressed up like the American Gothic painting, and they're just standing by the bushes right next to the house. They're yeah. literally right next to the house. And yeah. no one sees them. I mean, it. It's I mean, I, I'm, I'm not that observant of a person sometimes, but you know, usually when someone's standing like ten feet away from me, I notice it. 
especially them because they look so weird. And okay, so then they do the the stupid elevator trick where they they you know cr- uh, crouch down. Oh like, yeah, oh, come on, this is so campy and stupid, and it's not even funny. I mean. There's there's one thing to like do something to kind of wink at it, you know, like oh you get it we're doing that, but we're making fun of the fact that we're doing it, but we're also making the fun of the fact of making fun of the fact that we're doing it. These guys were actually serious about it, like they thought this was. Fun. I'm still like, not sure why they were dressed up like the American Gothic. It, it, make any it sense. makes no well, there's sense. There's so whatsoever. many references here that don't make any sense. Because my thing is, is, if you're hiding in the bushes, wear some camouflage or something. Don't dress up like a fucking painting. It's it, it, it's it's like. I mean, it'd be like somebody standing in the corner, you know, dressed up like, you know, Edward Munch's The Scream for right. no reason whatsoever, you know, trying to hide from me. You know, if, if why are you dressed up like a popular painting? Yeah, I don't there's no, it. there's no point to it. But that's the other thing. There's another thing that makes no sense when they make a reference to Paul Bunyan and it has something to do about, you know, not using enough bug spray. And it's like, oh, yeah, what do you think you are, Paul Bunyan? Like. What does Paul Bunyan ever have anything to say about bug spray? Well, ever? Matthew, Matthew, <laughs> there's this little known story where, uh, you know, Paul Bunyan and Babe the Ox, they're, uh, they're walking through the woods and, uh, you know, probably trampling on the woods because they're so huge. And there's these big bugs coming at them. And uh, Paul Bunyan goes off to his chemistry lab and creates bug spray. I don't know if you, I mean, everybody knows that story. I've heard that one. You know, and and then while he's creating the bug spray, there's these two guys watching him do it, and they're dressed up like the American (laughs) Gothic painting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it all ties together. That's where that came from. Okay. And then, um, you know, it, it, and, and, and the whole time, Paul Bunyan keeps changing the baseball cap he's wearing to different <laughs> yeah. random from the Dodgers to the 49ers to the to, Baltimore Orioles to Yeah. We came up with theory that they just went to a thrift store and just bought a bunch of clothes yes. and then they just wore that throughout the movie. I'm sure they did. I mean, the, it has like to a be. lot a lot of low budget movies do that. I mean, mo- movies I've made, we did that. I mean, I can, it, I think we, I can we, tell. we go to thrift stores like when when I when we made um the movie Shelved um, which I directed, which uh, you can check out at uh, CullenPark.com. Anyways, um, or uh, ShelledEvilElf.com. Anyway, the uh, in in the movie we have a scene where there's like a picture replaced in in the shot with a picture of Pope John Paul II. The only reason that picture is even in the movie is because we went to a, a thrift store and it just happened to be for sale for a dollar at the thrift store. So we bought the thing and we wrote and and my writer wrote it into the script. Uh, Lindsay LaForest, probably one of the best writers out there. You know, check her out. Uh, one stop late uh, productions. You can find them on Facebook and stuff. Anyways, okay. Um, <laughs> can I say how sad it is though that someone put that up for sale for one dollar? I know <laughs> that's like so sad. Well, like, I mean, it, it was the. I mean, I don't. I'm sure somebody donated. Somebody probably donated it because it was like one of these charity based ones that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was a place called Savers. But um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. And it, there was another line there that didn't make any sense either. I forgot what it was, but it was just so stupid. Like, w- w- what were they thinking when they wrote? I think they just they got really tired and lazy, and they were just writing things down, hoping that it would stick. Like, like if I, like me and you were walking in like the sand, and then like we kicked the sand, and we're like, "Who do you think you are, Malcolm X?" Like, doesn't have to make any sense. Doesn't have to be relatable to anything. Just, just, just have a 
Have, have a Somehow that kind of makes more sense than the Paul Bunyan. It does. Thing. Have, no, they have a list of names on the, on the board and just throw a dart at it. Okay, we're going to Malcolm X, fine. We'll just throw his name in there somewhere. Who cares? Oh, we got, um, you know, Shane Rivera. Not, Here we go. Or, not to mention one of the uh, one of the added color, co- colorful kids in the group, you know, meaning like, you know, it, actually somebody of a different race. Oh, yeah, the one black person. They, they got to oh, have at least they, one. They, 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 have, they, have, they, have, they have one, you know, full black character and then they have like a, a mixed character oh, okay eli oh that's right, the eli. one that yeah eli who i like to call miriam webster oh yeah because, because anytime he... anybody says anything and his vocabulary is like the you know he just keeps he gives the definition word for word of everything anytime anybody has a question like and he just know. knows it by heart he doesn't yeah. have a book in front of him or anything no he just has it memorized i mean i i don't know it's uh smart kid i mean yeah you know i mean i know in, in a movie that i i uh I was in once. Um, I, I had a, it was all improv the whole movie, and we had a character similar to that in the movie, which made me laugh when I was watching this. Uh, it was basically just a friend of mine who was actually like that in real life. He's pretty smart, my friend, my friend uh, um, Jack Warfield, and so he, he'll just like explain things to you all the time. And so in the movie, I just randomly started calling him Google because <laughs> he like knew everything. Like you, you didn't need to look anything up. You know, Jack just knew it. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's a little. Uh, Aside here, a little trivia. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we kind of got, we went on our own tangents here. Um, yeah. Which you know is actually really important because I think our tangents are better than the movie itself. Uh-huh. So um, they find the treasure, the fake one. The guy leaves, and then Eldon remembers the guy telling him, and magically he just hears him physically, even though the guy's not there, and in like this loud booming voice about looking towards the light and going higher. And of course, you know, you're thinking throughout the whole movie, you know, monks tend to be, you know, monks are an interesting breed of, of religion. They're, they're, they're kind of higher minded people. They, they often speak in symbols, metaphors. They're very intellectual. They read a lot. So usually when they talk about stuff like light, treasure, it always has some kind of mystical or personal meaning. No. He meant a literal light that you have to look at. And then, lo and behold, a light just appears at the higher point of the cave. Not sure who lit the candles. Who knows? And he climbs up there and finds the real treasure. And lo and behold, this treasure is an actual treasure. Like thousands of gold coins. Each one's probably worth $1,000 at this point easily for how rare and old they are. But then somehow... The bad guy shows up again, even though he left. I'm not sure how he got back, but okay. And he's gonna, you know, try to steal the, you know, steal the treasure back from the kid. And then, for so no apparent reason, an avalanche happens at that exact point in time, just by sheer chance. And um, they're fighting over the treasure. The Spanish guy ends up losing his foot and ends up you know, hanging on to the edge of the uh, landing and then the kids got to try to save him. But the guy is so obsessed with this, his family's treasure that he demands that he saves the treasure instead of him. But then says, we'll split it. But I think he's thinking that he can save himself. Oh, I see. He's okay. starting slipping again. And then, you know, so that's when he saves him. And then the treasure yeah. falls. And then again, Mind you, uh, this there wasn't a very hard fall, far fall. It was maybe like 20 feet, 30 feet. So my, my question is, 
they wouldn't be able to see this big treasure box just laying around somewhere with a bunch of coins strewn all over the place. They couldn't just retrieve any of it. I mean, I don't you know, I'm pretty sure ropes are available in <laughs> 1993. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't remember the 90s at yeah. all, man. I mean, yeah. that was a weird decade. Anyway, no. <laughs> I mean, the clothing was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I mean, those, like, neon, those, those neon, neon shorts. shorts, man. Yeah, that Elden wears at the beginning of the movie. Oof. They're just, you know, beautiful. Man. Those, those those also scream thrift store to me. The oh, shirt, yeah. The shirt he was wearing was also a thrift store shirt. Uh-huh. Like, just a random logo, mismatched. Yeah. I mean, everything was just mismatched in this movie. Everything. The the clothing, the lines, the people in them, the so, plot. So, so as he's falling, though, mm-hmm. Elden does save him. Yeah. And then what happens, Matt? And then it goes back to the fucking scene where he's selling lemonade to try to make enough money to, to so that yeah, Mr. he decides to start selling lemonade again. That's right. He did earlier, but yeah, he giving away for free because all these brat kids were always giving them the sad eyes. <laughs> and that, I can't afford twenty five dis- cents. Then he was distracted by the fact that a black girl was beating um the white kid in 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 um. <laughs> In, in a in a rollerblading race. Is that what he? Was, yeah, that's right. He was yeah. watching. Yeah, and I'm just going to emphasize the fact that he was distracted by the fact that a black girl was beating a white boy. I don't think he was. I think he was just. I, I'm just saying. I was, think that was racist in the movie. I I'm just getting mad at it. I think he was just fantasizing about what he could have had. You know, he was so mad about. But yeah, it was, it was probably the self, the the the, un- yeah. uh, the unconscious uh, prejudice of the writers. You know. We're talking yeah. about people that. Anyway, I'm not going to get to that. Anyways, but, and uh, you know what I'm talking about, but uh, and, uh, we don't know the intentions of the right. We don't, but we do. And um, <laughs> but uh, and um, so he's just kind of like all despondent, and then so Mister Graff comes to pay a quarter for his own house fund, and okay, and then and then he tries to give him this, which whole, we all do, yeah. And he tries to give him this this whole feel good speech about you know that he had that he tried and all this kind of stuff. And then all these and then the whole town shows up at once. You mind it, what yeah, they, they all show up in an "It's a Wonderful Life" sort of moment. Yeah, you know, because it's 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 like the scene in "It's a Wonderful Life" where uh, you know the at the end of the movie where the whole town is like you know yeah you know here's some money and blah 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 and then every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings and um anyways the uh. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, and then all of a sudden, the bad guy, um, Dr. Elma DeVore or whatever his name is, um, <laughs> comes up behind him and uh, and basically thanks him for saving his life and says, oh, yeah, we're buddies now or whatever, you know, and, and not in those words, but and then gives him the little bit of he, he had a little bit of gold that was passed on to his family from uh, from the original treasure. And uh, he Donates that to save Mr. Graff's house, and yeah, and then uh, that's it, right? Oh, and well, at the end, you know, you gotta you gotta remember the last line of the movie. It's something about how uh, you know, is is like, oh, you know, lots of treasure here, blah blah blah, and he's just like, oh, I've 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 always realized that the treasure is inside my heart, or something oh my God. cheesy as fuck like that. And then the guy, oh yeah, and then the Mr. Graff says, oh, that's a lot of money to pay for a cup of glass of lemonade. And the yeah. guy says, "This is the best glass of lemonade I've ever tasted." Like, really? Yeah. Come on, you fucking idiot! Like, and so that's it. That's the whole movie. That's what we wasted an hour and twenty three minutes on. And, and, and here, here, here's a, here's a few little uh, little treasures about the movie. <laughs> um, okay, uh, there is also a movie in nineteen fifty six called the called Secret of Treasure Mountain, mm. um, which uh, 
the basic plot of that is that three items combined will form a guide to locate a treasure. And just like this, they got three parts? Yeah. Okay. But again, Trinity, three. Yeah. Th three groups of three always symbolize some kind of treasure or some kind of mind, whatever. And then yeah, and it, and it it also references uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, obviously. Uh, the Even the cover looks like Yeah, the, the collapse, it, it says here that the collapsing cavern after the um, treasure box is lifted from its uh, resting place, the multiple piece treasure map, uh, villains stealing the treasure right after the good guy finds it, uh, similar flamboyant brown um, fading into yellow coloring font <laughs> of the letters in the movie title on the tape and DVD case, um, plus uh, sepia tone drawing with the hero positioned close up at and in the middle and uh, with his arms raised, etc. And then it also re it also references Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, they're walking through ancient cobweb uh, wreathed tunnels with um, haze and candles uh, similar to uh, accompanying sustained, uh, sustained uh, tone orchestra orchestral music during hidden chamber discovery sequences, an elderly monk um, finding huh. an altar with wow. a dead warrior on it, and the final part of the treasure map, uh, the cave collapsing around the um, treasure seekers <laughs> after the villain tries to uh, steal the treasure, etc. So that's like an, an almost an exact ripoff of... Yeah, I mean, Raiders basically this is, this, this is like the Christian um, kids... Uh, version of Indiana Jones. You know what this reminds me of? What? This reminds me of, there is this, um, you know how you've been doing the research on like the history of video games and stuff? Oh yeah. Okay. There was a company back in the 80s called Wisdom Tree and it was a Christian. Oh yeah, and they made, they made, they would uh, just make copycats yeah. of other games. Like they made a complete copy of Zelda called Spiritual Warfare. It yeah, but it was, it was, it was all like Christian based, uh, you had, yeah, you yeah. had to answer questions about like Bible verses or something, but then at the end of the game, the, the evil boss is a cigarette. You know, don't smoke, kids. That was the whole lesson. You know, you got this great character in Zelda that you have to kill. No, in this game, you kill a fucking cigarette. Not a box, not, not a case of cigarettes, just one giant cigarette. And, um, but they also made like other games that were like complete copies of like, like, um, oh, they had a game, I forgot what it was, but I think it was like, it was almost like Mario, like almost like, yeah, exactly like Mario. I've seen some of these. They're they're crazy. But yeah, it was weird. They got like because, some Noah's Ark games and stuff like that. Yeah, too. They, they, yeah. Had a lot, they had these. They, had, they they would often come in these like baby blue cartridges that just looked terrible, and they were like usually like a lot heavier. It was because they weren't actually licensed by Nintendo, but they would still play like in the end. Yeah, because back in something. the day, you couldn't. They couldn't figure out how to make it, so you couldn't have cartridges like. Well, now, I, nowadays you I, I know I know the original um the original NES had a had a lockout chip where you couldn't um you couldn't uh, play them in there unless you uh had that lockout chip in your cartridge but um that at, was later on yeah yeah well that that was for the any the the Nintendo Entertainment System oh, okay. for the original yeah they had a lockout chip but then like uh um Tengen like was able to copy it and make their own cartridges that weren't licensed right. by Nintendo. I know that, so I'm wondering if this company did the same thing. I think they did, and um, it, so that's kind of interesting, though, because this is a, a a Christian video game company, and they're literally trying to find ways around and they're stealing having to pay. They're stealing other people's property. It's like that I, 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 obviously Christian they obviously they have no respect for art. Yeah, I mean, because video games are art, and they I mean, are. It's yeah. yeah. Um. So, another interesting thing. Okay, I'm doing, um, I just typed in Buttercream Gang because I was looking for 
you know, stuff, information about this movie and the other movie, just, you know, doing some research the other day. And uh, so I came up with an UrbanDictionary.com entry for this. And the top definition in there is Buttercream Gang. And it is when a group of people, usually underage, take part in an orgy in the whitest part of town. That's very specific. Yes, it is. That's like extremely. And then the the, the the sentence that they have as an example there is, "Hey, let's put together a buttercream gang, one buttercreamer to another." What? Why is it so specific? It's so weird. I like... don't know. There's also there's also a uh, there is a there is a um, group called the Buttercream Gang. Um, is a group of YouTubers consisting of Joe Sugg, Casper Lee, Jack Maynard. Uh, Connor Maynard and uh, Josh Peters, um, Mikey Pierce, and Ali White. I don't know what they do, but that's the other definition on okay. on, uh, on Urban Dictionary. But this, the the sexual based one, I don't get. It's very specific. But then again, I mean, most you know sexual things are very specific on Urban Dictionary. Well, true, but this is like really like going for. I mean, like it under, might be just because and then it's yeah energy, and then it's gotta be in a certain part of town i'm just right? wondering i'm i'm curious if the movies influence i think this they might have they had the whole to turning have. butter thing or yeah that's the other thing from the movie yeah that that's that's where the name came from is because um you know centuries ago or whatever you know there was some some good, so, some good teenagers in the town who uh were uh helping out um women churn their butter because all the men had died in battle yeah um. Mm, okay. Churn their butter. And lest I say it again, all the men were dead, and there was only teenage boys left. Had to repopulate some. And, Anyways, yeah, um, okay. Uh, I was <laughs> say, uh, and uh, so by the way, am I shouting too much? Oh no, or, you're or good. Am I? Am you're, I you're, you're good. Don't am worry. I speaking in a normal tone here, because I don't want to just be like shouting throughout the whole uh podcast yes yeah, so we're gonna have to re-record the whole thing we might have to no i'm joking i don't want to i'm gonna not not do it because this movie is terrible but anyway, oh yeah would you recommend this movie to anyone ever that's a good question um i honestly do <laughs> only in the fact that it is so bad it, it's not something you should watch by yourself no and i'm no. glad i waited to watch it with you yeah me too as opposed to you know watching it last night by myself or something um, what a terrible night to have! Yeah, just sitting there by yourself watching this. I mean, yeah, if if you're sitting alone at home watching either of the Buttercream Gang <laughs> movies, get a Netflix account or something. Just do something. <laughs> do something. <laughs> by the way, so my friend Aaron came up with a great saying. He said, "You know, it's you know, instead of Netflix and chill, this is YouTube and hang yourself or something like that." Oh yeah, so terrible. It is. Like I mean. It's for free on YouTube. And by by the way, when I say it's for free, YouTube itself did not upload this. I mean, some some user uploaded this movie on and, their own account. And, and and the uh the 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 people at uh at the films for family, I don't know, the, feature, the fe- film. feature films yeah. for families um have not uh taken it down yet. So, you know, if if you if if you happen to be listening to this <laughs> podcast, the people at the, you know, um the at the uh, feature films for families, um, you know, just letting you know it's up there for free. Yeah. So uh, you might want to contact YouTube, but or, or please, not. please don't. Don't no, because leave it up there. I, I think this needs to be seen by groups of people 
you know, future buttercreamers. Uh, so the world. Future butter. And, you know, teams of people who are just, you know, who, who teams who are not just a group of individuals. Oh, yeah. That that, that, that was another line in the movie. Um, yeah, it's. They said it's we're a so team. Great. We're a team, not just a group of individuals. Yeah, let's. Um, damn it, it's not in the quotes on the oh, IMDb. Okay. I was hoping it would be. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the only quotes they have on there is. Um, is a, is a is a exchange between Eldon Flowers. I'm going to mention that name again. His name is Eldon Flowers. Who came up with that name? I don't know. But the, the the kid's name in real life is Brandon Blazer. I'm like, that's an awesome name. It's almost like someone, Brandon Blazer should be a superhero. Yeah, like we, we should create a character. No one else. Don't even fucking try it. It's ours. And, um, yeah. But maybe we can get the real Brandon Blazer and then play to play the character. This might actually be like this yeah. whole thing. Because because remember so if, if you're listening, Brandon, yeah, uh, which you, you you might be because if this comes up, you're probably this will probably be like one of the only podcasts out there about the buttercream gang. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, you never yeah, know. That might not. be, but it might not be. But I mean, there, there's there's you know millions upon millions of uh, right. podcasts out there. But um, yeah, there. You know, if you're listening to this, Eldon, not Eldon. Eldon. I mean, um, <laughs> Brandon. Brandon. Um, you know, contact us. I mean, we'd love to do an update on this. I mean, I'd love to interview you or something yeah. for the podcast or anything. Or I'm a filmmaker, so if you want to be in a movie, um, you know, a good one. Yeah, you know. a good one. You know, let me know, man. Doesn't have to be all good deeds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it could be dark and you know, whatever. Or if you want to do a good, yeah. you know, we we can do butter creamer, buttercream gang part part three. three. And then we call it the. I don't even know what I, I don't know the, the uh, something the 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 middle aged guys um <laughs> hanging out it sounds terrible yeah no that's not a good title <laughs> the buttercream gang returns in there you go returns and in, uh, secret of, of uh, the piece of shit no 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 um, it's the secret of middle age there we go <laughs> buttercream gang returns in secret of middle age. And Not hope, the secret of middle age, no, but the secret, secret of middle age. And the secret is that they can't eat butter anymore because they have too much high cholesterol. Yeah, so. they go to they go to the doctors <laughs> they and they're the like, I know you're a member of the buttercream gang. <laughs> but you can't but you really butter. can't have any more buttercream. <laughs> you had too you've had too much <laughs> in your life. You mm. have to stop now. What about butter beer? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um so that's I think all we have to say about this this film, if you want to call it that, and uh, or unless you have more on there. Uh, I mean, I mean, um, 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 no, <laughs> I don't. It's, it's, I mean, what, is, what left? What left is there to I say? I mean, what, what is there to say? I mean, I, I will tell you this: they were robbed that year at the Oscars. Oh yeah, it was it was a total sham. <laughs> I mean, you know, in I I I. I, I it, by the way, I've got Turbulence Three just sitting on that stool right there. That's another movie we're gonna do one. Of oh yeah, movies. of course. That movie is bad, and it's almost as bad. I as mean, this movie. I, I will I will tell you this. You know, in 1993, Unforgiven won the Best Picture at the Oscars. The, Clint, even... the, the Clint Eastwood movie. Oh okay. You know the western. You know. Now convince me that that's a better movie than <laughs> than, this, than I mean... the Buttercream. Gang, gang to secrets not the secret no secret, secret of, of treasure. treasure mountain you know when you got a guy eating food every scene to drive home the point that he's fat you know because you know you can't yeah. i mean how does that beat you know clint eastwood and morgan freeman in a movie and stuff you know in a western know. um no i mean this movie took place in the west 
Yeah. You know, so I I, I want to say that that you know and and I mean why didn't Brandon Blazer win Best Actor, you know, instead of that I mean, year where Al Pacino won for Son of a Woman? Right. I mean, with those neon green shorts and that white T-shirt. I mean, I mean, the faded logo. Freaking Al Pacino played a played a played a blind dude, Ooh, blind dude who say, yeah, he's movie, got a nice know? fancy car. Yeah. Ooh, blah blah. Crap. Come on. Stupid. Yeah. No, that should have been Brandon Bullshit. Blazer. So Brandon, I think you got robbed. If you're listening to this. Yeah, and I think you have like, possibly the coolest name of all time. Yes. Like, whoever your parents are, they're fucking rock stars for naming you that. Like, Yeah, I, mean, who, I, I really hope that's your real name and, like, it wasn't, like, a stage name because Brandon Blazer is, like, just awesome. And sadly, Brandon has not done any movies besides these two. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Two Buttercream games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't even have a trilogy. You know, at least make it a three. Nope. No trilogy. And I mean, Buttercream. we were just talking about Clint Eastwood, but the director of this movie, Scott Swafford, you know, he, he recently directed an episode of the TV series Web of Spies. Okay. You know, what has Clint Eastwood done since 1993? Right. Well, a lot of things, but... Oh, yeah. Shit. Grand Torino. Um, you know, probably a movie, like, every year. Yeah. And, you know, he's won several awards since then. Okay. Yeah, Anyways, you know, yeah. Bridges of Madison County. That was kind of a big deal for him because he usually did really gritty, That's a good movies. movie. And then he did this movie that That's was... That's a good movie. Not violent whatsoever. I cried at Bridges of you Madison. Know, Anyways, it. okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I never read the book either, but... Not my style, but <laughs> oh man. Anyways, um, I think we should end now. Yeah, I think we've been talking for like yeah. an hour and a half. Yeah, just movie. just remember that um, you know, buttercreamers never they never give up. They never give up. Nor no. should they. No, don't ever give up. <laughs> I'm ever... still waiting for butter, but buttercream gang three. Three. We should make it. it should we, be we should. We I should mean, be the I, ones to make it. If we, I, if we could actually do this, this would be the most hilarious if, thing ever. If, if 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 I mean, if you're out there, Brandon Blazer. I want you to be the star, the hero of this one. You could write write the script with us and the plot and everything. Yes. Talk to us. This could be hilarious and awesome at the same time. Please, Brandon Blazer, reach out to me. My email is mike at cullenpark.com. Also, if you were with the wonderful people at Kellogg's, <laughs> uh, please reach out to me there, too, as yeah. well, you know? Anyways, um, I guess that's all for uh, the All Too Real 2 podcast tonight. Um, And, uh, yeah, bye. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at cullenpark.com.